Hi there. Welcome to the Stories of Modern Work podcast, where we discuss experiences of Office 365 users on how they use Office 365 as a modern work platform. Also, I review Office 365 business case studies to learn how organizations are providing modern work tools to their employees and making a positive impact. My name is Jag Kakarlapudi. I am a senior solution architect and a daily Office 365 vlogger. You can check out my website at modernwork.cloud. Join me on LinkedIn to check out my daily Office 365 videos. Today we have with us Mr. Nate Chamberlain from sharepointlibrarian.com as our guest to share his modern work story. Before we begin the episode, I would like to say thanks to all of you who have listened and subscribed to the Stories of Modern Work podcast. The main aim for this podcast is to give you an insight into how others use Office 365 as a modern work platform. All right, let's get into the episode. Welcome to the podcast, Nate. Nate, uh, why don't you go ahead and ex- um, you know give us an overview of uh, you know tell us more about yourself, uh, what you do, uh, and 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 we'll we'll uh, start the show. Sure, sounds good. Uh, so my name is Nate Chamberlain, as you know. Uh, I run SharePointLibrarian.com. I lead uh, two user groups. I've been running the Lawrence SharePoint user group for about a year now, and we're just now starting a healthcare tech collaborative. So that one's going to be healthcare focused, of course. And I'm interested to see how that one goes. And then I also just recently published a book called The ABCs of SharePoint. Perfect. Um, I also work at uh, LMH Health, so that's Lawrence Memorial Hospital here in Lawrence, Kansas. And that's why the healthcare uh, oh. tech, I guess. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, and I've seen Microsoft actually put a, a a recent case study, or actually they're putting more marketing effect into the healthcare frontline um, use use cases. I've seen a lot of, uh, of of material very recently, actually, two days ago. Was I was actually putting a a presentation for internal account managers here at uh, Conico Minolta that I where where I work. Um, just to showcase in you know what what um how you could use office 65 for like you know uh, as an as an ecm product and also more so from knowledge workers and the front line and i've seen i've seen microsoft um, put a lot of material in the healthcare sector mm-hmm. and that's good so, because i think yeah, for a long yeah, time yeah. Uh, office 65 was a bit of a hesitation for the healthcare industry just thinking about the baas and the security of you know around data loss prevention um I think for a while there was just a standard BAA that Microsoft would release, and so healthcare organizations were hesitant to leap to the cloud because if there was data loss, they'd be fully responsible instead of Microsoft. But it seems like that's shifted recently in our conversations, uh, so that might be one reason why we're starting to see more of a marketing presence and enthusiasm in the healthcare sector. Yeah, yeah. I think healthcare sectors um, they need they need uh, fast solutions and and quick and easy. Uh, you know i've i've seen i've um i've been in the um hospital setup before uh and i've i've actually i've seen people like you know they want to get things done like they 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 go around with like you know notepads and you know you know want to access the information quite then and there 
and and get get things to it. You know, you need to access records of people, and you need to see case files and and things like that. So, especially with uh, Microsoft Teams and everything that you know, which brings all of this Office 65 services and not just Office 65, other other you know external services onto a single pane of glass. You know, it just become it's become more easier these days uh, for for like you know the frontline users to ac- access information and in in you know get on with their job rather than having to write things on the notepad uh, in and then then having to go back into the desk and doing a data entry because previously healthcare professionals uh, job was more like you know half healthcare and half data entry mm-hmm. now i think that's 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 going that's going to change right yeah. Uh, something that I found interesting is there's a need for one tool to be used in different ways, of course. So when I first introduced a tool, like just the concept of Yammer, because we're not using that currently. But when I talk about Yammer, people are like, oh, that'd be great for this internal purpose. And then you have another conversation and they're like, I want to use that internally, but that'd be great to engage our external audiences. And just seeing within one organization how many different ideas users alone can come up with before anything's yeah. even implemented is kind of inspiring. Yeah, yeah. That's good, man. Yeah, uh, Ned, uh, before we go more into the healthcare sector itself, you know, I just, uh, and also, you know, go talk about the modern work aspects of, of the show. Um, I'm, I, I'm quite intrigued on the on the title for the SharePoint uh, book that you've wrote, uh, ABCs of uh, SharePoint. What, what, what are the ABC? Oh, well, the, <laughs> I'm not sure I could recite them all from memory. <laughs> But uh, I wrote that as a blog post starting out, and I just thought, oh, it's going to be my 100th blog post. It's got to be something special. Uh, so I started out, and I just tried to come up with something for every letter of the alphabet. And oh, it was okay. easy to do, like, C, or it was easy to do, you know, S, because SharePoint. But then, of course, X, Y, Z, and some of those letters in between, it was a bit of a stretch. <laughs> but then that <laughs> blog post just got out of hand and became a book. So when, when it came to letter L, did you pick lists or the libraries? Both, actually. I did lists and libraries. <laughs> Best nice. of both. Nice. Yeah, yeah, I, I see the list of libraries are the core of, of, of the SharePoint uh, <laughs> uh, ecosystem. So, yeah, that's funny. Um, anyway, I, I'll check it out. Uh, sorry, I, have, I actually didn't, didn't, uh, didn't read the book myself, but um, it's definitely a good name for, uh, you know, getting the ABCs for SharePoint is, is quite hard it's it's quite massive <laughs> so yeah 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 perfect man right um so so as you know you know here at uh, more uh, the more the stories of modern work podcast i actually wanted to discuss more about like you know how what is modern work first of all and then also go into how you actually use office 365 in your workplace um to get work done like you know what tools do you use and in uh, and and like what's working what's not working and so on so before we go into that like what what is modern work according to you mm-hmm. so modern work um i always think you know whenever i'm doing these presentations about sharepoint uh that we have to change our focus a bit uh, where we're used to having intranets that were system of systems of record where we just dump documents and updated procedures and policies Uh, That's changed and that's almost gone for the most part uh, because we have all these tools like Office 365's, you know, Yammer and Teams and uh, everything incorporated into this one platform. Uh, And so we're even seeing a change in the way people use email, where modern work isn't just, you know, reply all anymore, but there are opportunities to almost do like audience targeting. And we're thinking about content sharing as more than just an attachment and internal usage. Um, So to me, it's completely 
you know, a whole pivot, a complete pivot in a different direction. Um, and it's a way where we're using new technologies like automation with Microsoft Flow uh, in ways that five years ago we wouldn't even have thought about doing or we wouldn't have thought that an end user would be capable of building their own automation. Uh, but it's becoming user friendly as we've seen in like website development, which is more of a WYSIWYG and click the plus button, add a part. Now we're seeing that in the modern experience of SharePoint. Uh, so it is more end user focused. I think modern work is meant to empower people to make a difference in their workplace and in their business processes uh, by giving them, you know, all the tools that they need to make a difference. That's perfect, man. Um, yeah, I'm I'm seeing a lot of that uh, instances happening here in Australia as well. Like you know, where previously for you to you know build anything in IT, uh, in, in it has to go through a rigorous um, and time-consuming exercise, uh, where you know you do like you know requirements gathering and then you have to go uh, even before that you you build a business case and then and and actually then go ar around collecting requirements it's just a, like a waterfall even though people say they they, they follow agile practices they still waterfall in the nature uh, um and 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 you know to get anything built is 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 like you know anywhere between three months to six months and 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 so and with office 65 and also with the latest updates to more like you know the latest tools like power apps flow and even the you know the integrations between all of these tools have be, have improved a lot as well and and like you said you know people could go and 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 start building stuff straight away rather than they having to um you know, go through this old exercise of getting IT involved and, and stuff like that. So that, that that's definitely modern work uh, uh, in in my definition as well. So and and that's why I'm quite passionate about Office 365 and and the associated tool set where you know you could you could you could do a lot more in less time uh, and and also um, do it the right way the first time as well uh, and and build on it uh, and so on. So I'm I'm seeing a lot of people like uh, building. Uh, you know, business applications. Uh, previously, they had to go through, you know, InfoPath and then uh, buy a workflow product or, you know, try to hack, um, in, you know, the SharePoint designer workflows together to get things done. Uh, but again, it's uh, with the flow, uh, I've, I've, I'm really blown away with flow, to be honest with you. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. Um, especially uh, how you can actually add some of the AI stuff into the mix as well. Like, you know, I, I, I tend to show this to my customers and in my presentations, they were like, okay, let's do a quick, um, you know, uh, cognitive analysis on uh, and give and give a ranking based on, on, on the sentiment analysis and stuff like that. And they get blown away, like, hang on, this was like, we never thought we could do this. Uh, <laughs> so, yeah, that's, that, that's definitely more work. Um, sorry, more, that's definitely modern work. Um, yeah, it's definitely not more work. <laughs> it's less work, actually. Right, that's the whole uh, idea. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But that's that. But that having said that, you know, I've also seen instances of uh, the 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 negative side of that is the shadow IT. Like, you know, uh, where does IT have control on this? When when people are when like you know uh, the power users are are you know building stuff or or even for that matter, for even just end users, you know, creating sites all over the place and, uh, and, 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 you know, building stuff without proper governance and stuff like that. So do you see that happen in, in your workplace? Oh, of course. Yeah, actually, a lot of these Office 365 tools, when they're first rolled out or ro are rolled out without, you know, appropriate governance tools or administrative uh, dashboards and such, 
um, thinking about like Microsoft Stream when that was first rolled out, I was working at the University of Kansas and it was rolled out, I believe for us over a weekend. And so IT left and they came back on Monday and students of course have access to Office 365 and they suddenly had access to Stream and they'd already started creating channels and uploading videos. And this is before IT even had a chance to explore it for themselves, do any documentation, do any permissions management. <laughs> and so they had to roll back. They had to you know, shut off the service, explain what happened, and then they had to be able to put some kind of controls on it before they just let this out into the open. And I think we see that with Flow too. Um, where that one's a little bit further along with administrative controls, the admin dashboard for that is still very limited. And for example, if someone leaves an organization, aside from having them export all of their flows and then have someone else re-import them, the group sharing, that team flow or that service account flow option just isn't quite ideal yet. Um, but I think that's what all these new tools are doing. They're opening themselves up, we're seeing what they can do, we're getting excited about them, and then we're encouraging that administrative background or that governance uh, behind these tools. But yeah, people, you know, with Shadow IT, even Slack coming into the play and Google Drive and Dropbox, um, that's something I see the most of probably is where if we can't build a solution or empower these users internally to use one of our tools to do what they need to do, they're smart and they're going to figure out their own solutions. And we can't really blame them because we've either made something so restrictive that we've made it impossible for them to achieve their goals or we just haven't paid attention or prioritized their work enough so they take it on themselves to build something that works. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, I think you know you can't. You have to find that right balance. Uh, you can't make it too open and not too restrictive as well. Finding about the right balance and it's it's really tricky to get that uh, done as well. So uh, you 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 give a nice example of uh, Microsoft Team uh, rolling out and people uh, the students creating, um, especially in in an education uh, uh, space. You, you know things will wire out and 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 people can actually it can it can blow out very quickly. So how do you actually, when it blowed out like that, uh, how do you actually, you, you know, manage that? Like, uh, do you, uh, the reason I ask that is, okay, now you could, you could say, oh, we're shutting off my Microsoft stream for now. Um, but like, how do you actually manage the perception of the users itself? Like, oh, because sometimes as, as, as the IT uh, doesn't manage Office 365 properly, or you know, SharePoint is not well set together, set, set up together in the first place, it, you know, the technology gets blamed for uh, because they say, "Oh, SharePoint sucks," or you know, Office 365 doesn't work for me, and uh, you know. Um, so, how do you actually manage that? Uh, like, you know, when something got blown out, how do you bring things back into their place? Mm -hmm. Yeah, stepping backwards is hard in anything we do, and that's even outside of Office 365. Um, and probably one of the best examples I can think of is when you go down a governance path and you say, these are the rules we're going to adhere to, and certain people will have certain permissions. But maybe you find out six months from then that what you've been doing isn't working, that users aren't getting the right kind of training before they have a certain level of permissions, and then you have to step backwards a bit. And whenever you're taking away someone's you know, abilities or you're taking away their possibilities or their really their innovative capacity. Like they have this creativity, they want to unleash it with the tools that they know they have. But all of a sudden, because of governance or whatever reasons, maybe uh, there was data loss and you have to do, you know, retroactive measures. Um, people, you know, get a little angry about it because they once could and maybe they were a responsible user and they did everything just fine. 
uh, but some policy such as stream, you know, it needed some kind of governance around it, or it needed at least permissions groups built for it, um, had to be rolled back. The students already got a taste of it. They saw, oh, I can upload these videos. I can share these in my classrooms, or maybe, you know, as a party weekend and they have all these videos they wanted to share with their friends and it was a place they could upload these large files. <laughs> yeah. So who knows why they needed it, but they knew at one point they could, uh, and now they're a little bit crunchy that they can't. Uh, but the biggest thing around that is just communication and we have to be transparent and honest in why we do things like that. Um, luckily, I wasn't the person who had to handle any of that. <laughs> but if I were, I would just be upfront and I'd say, you know, this is an exciting service. I'm glad to see so much enthusiasm around this new tool. Uh, we do look forward to rolling this out once we get a few more controls around it. So keep the message positive, or positive but make sure they also understand what you're doing. Yeah, yeah, I, I completely agree with that. Uh, or, or you could you could just say say to the users that okay, we're closing the beta. So thanks for beta testing the product or something. Like that. Right. I'm just kidding. <laughs> just kidding. Um, the, the, you know, the positive side of that is you, you know this the tools have come a long way and they're quite intuitive now. You know, uh, you don't need people to you know, for example. Uh, you know, if you roll, if you just like accidentally uh, roll out OneDrive for business or, uh, you know, Yammer and things like that, because because people like like uh, because people are so accustomed to using cloud storage and also use like tools like Facebook and Twitter and things like that, they get they get the gist of it and they actually get like, you know, they get straight into it and start using it, start posting stuff and and things like that. So pre like, you know, five, 10 years ago to to, you know, you know, to even roll out uh, or, or you know to explain stuff like that, it is to be a, a, a tricky part. Like even explaining cloud storage uh, five ten years ago used to be like very tricky as well. So the tools are quite intuitive in nature. So, um, so uh, the, what, what what do you think are the key strengths of Office three six five when it comes to modern work? I think uh, one of the big ones that I mentioned um, already was just that the end users are now empowered. I think that's first and foremost, it seems everything that's being developed is with that end user in mind. So how can we give them the tools they need to be successful every day? Um, the next thing I think would just be connecting services. So we've got Power Apps and we've got Flow, uh, even Teams with Yammer, like there's so many different things we can embed and integrate. So Microsoft Teams, you can do different tabs to external services. You can bring in feeds from the outside. Uh, same with Flow. You can integrate it with MailChimp, go to Webinar. They've got all these you know, crazy premium services that we never thought we could really connect like this. But with modern work, we're seeing programs like Zapier and If This Then That and Flow and all of these things that allow us to combine these. And sometimes people use all three of those. And they have <laughs> all these different flows that trigger flows in different platforms uh, because uh, maybe they don't want to pay the premium license, but because there's just this you know, influx of all these tools, they're able to get what they need done, even on free licenses. It's pretty incredible. Yeah. Um, so I, I think Microsoft wants to capitalize on that creativity, just make these tools that these creative people are learning they can do, uh, and then be a part of that community too. Absolutely. And uh, you, you've touched on a really uh, interesting subject there um, about connect connecting services and it's it's an integrated platform as such you know um yeah you using microsoft tools you can actually bring um you know the external feeds in you using using other tools and also you can actually create your own uh custom tabs 
to to tie into your legacy applications. Uh, anything that has a database can be connected into a Microsoft Teams. Let's let's put it that way, which is good, right? Uh, I don't know why Microsoft took so long to uh, come up with an idea, something like Teams, um, be, because you know a few years ago, if if you think about uh, intranets or you know modern workplace tools, you would say. Uh, you know, office tools and also just SharePoint. You know, intranets are SharePoint. You, you only talk, you, you only, um, uh, you, you know, people are like, you know, only talk about just SharePoint and they don't talk about how sh you, you could actually integrate with other tools like you know yeah we had ammo previously but it's a different product in its entire right in its own in its own right but with office 365 yeah it's not just sharepoint anymore it's it's the other tools like there's other pieces uh, of the puzzle and and bringing them together um uh, using all you know using microsoft teams uh, or even even without using microsoft teams it's just quite easy now to build a business application using power app uh, with the data stored in SharePoint, uh, and and uh, you know the the logic is connected through using Flow. Mm -hmm. uh, you, you know, you you all of a sudden you're using a lot more tools in, in, in your reach to create something what you need, right. um, uh, and and they're quite uh, well integrated as well. So that's that's definitely a, a key strength of Office 365, I think. Right, I think it's really exciting uh, just to see all that. But there's also that piece of um, training that gets a little bit more complicated. So it's easy to teach someone one platform. We can say, mm -hmm. here's Excel, here's absolutely everything it can do, the end. And maybe through three courses, they've got it all. Uh, yeah. But now what I'm seeing in my trainings or in my presentations even is that I'm talking about SharePoint, but then I'm also touching on Flow. And I'm also touching on this other thing. And to an end user who's maybe brand new to Office 365, I have to be really careful that when I say, oh, sure, we can connect these two things that I don't get too far into the weeds because if I say we can connect these two things by taking Flow and connecting it to Google Docs and then bringing that into SharePoint and <laughs> doing all this yeah. stuff, uh, because to them, they just see a business process. And from an IT perspective, we know all the background. From an end user perspective, they just want to know, can I do it? How do I start or trigger that process? They don't need to know the background. So that's something I'm still learning as we go is how much detail to be training people on um, and how much just to hand over and say, yeah, I click that button. Yeah. Yeah, and and uh, talking about trainings um, is is um, the, what what I what I've seen uh, what I've seen happening in 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 the industry and also um, how I how how I deal with training with for my customers is rather than trying to focus more on the actual product itself like you know it's no longer it's a let's get trained on Microsoft Flow you, you could just just never use just Microsoft Flow I know you could. Do something with Microsoft. You need to talk about, you know, bring Power Apps into the mix. You need to bring SharePoint into the mix. So, so what what I'm seeing and what I'm actually doing at the moment is focusing more on solutions, on business solutions. Let's say you want to build a case management system. You know, um, uh, are you going to use Dynamics 365 or you're going to you're going to actually create a, a case management system using some of the other Office 365 tools? So then, you know, rather than talking about the actual tools itself, I talk. The training will be more around the case management solution itself. Similarly, an intranet. Intranet could be many things for many people, right? And then you actually, rather than talking just about SharePoint, you talk about okay, how you actually do document management, uh, you know, information management inside your intranet. How do you create pages, and how do you actually go about setting up governance controls, like using Microsoft Flow and 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 forms, for example, and so on. Um, 
So yeah, yeah, I'm seeing a lot more rather than focusing more on the tool itself. It's it's more solution driven driven training as well. Mm-hmm. So absolutely, yeah. Um, I actually have uh, some specific questions to ask uh, around the healthcare sector, um, especially. If, uh, um, so, in in your role, do you actually manage Office six five? Uh, what's your What's your role actually in in the uh, in your workplace? Mm-hmm. So uh, right now at LMH Health, uh, we're using SharePoint twenty sixteen on prem, uh, but we are using uh, Flow with that. So we're using an on premise data gateway. Uh, to get that functionality and something we're working on right now is getting ready for that big shift to 2019 with hybrid uh, we're just in the exploration stages of seeing what hybrid would look like in a healthcare environment and what kind of precautions we'd have to go through and also the pricing model for that um, because it gets a little tricky when you're thinking about hybrid and what you're maintaining on-prem versus you know what's hosted in the cloud and what kind of support you can get um, and also that modern experience, like we've invested so much time in the classic experience and that's what people are used to. What does it mean when the modern experience comes? And I know like with the WYSIWYG and the end user perspective, it's going to be great. But I also know that sometimes if you just change the color of a button, people can get upset. <laughs> so mm-hmm. to change the entire interface and to start at square one again for some of these people who do have experience editing pages, it's a little overwhelming. Uh, but yeah, as far as Office 365 for us right now at LMH Health, it's very new. People have an idea that it's out there. They hear other organizations are using it and they ask me about it. And I just say, it's coming. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> of time. So I see you actually wear a lot of hats uh, in your current role, um, right from consultant to administrator to trainer. So, so in, in, the, in the healthcare sector, uh, especially uh, like you've mentioned, you use Office um, Swiss five at its early stage, but also have some internal assets uh, like SharePoint twenty sixteen. Did you say? Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So how do you how do you manage that connect connectivity, the hybrid um, connectivity between Office six five and SharePoint twenty sixteen? Would are you using it for search or uh, like how do you get people going back and forth from Office six five which online versus? Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, well, the nice thing will be that it's going to be an integrated search. So instead of federated where we're maintaining two indexes or indices, it's going to be just one search. So from a user perspective, they're not really going to notice anything different. Um, What's important to us, you know, from a data loss prevention standpoint is we know what's being stored where. So maybe Exchange is going to be in the cloud uh, and maybe, you know, of course, Flow. Maybe we're going to move Power BI from report server to the online service. Uh, but when it comes to all of our document storage, maybe that's what we maintain on-premise. And we know that in the background, but the user, for them, they're still just using SharePoint, but we've added a bunch of tools and functionality to it. So hybrid, you know, for administrators is tricky, but for end users is just another day of work. That's right. Yeah, yeah. I think that's the tricky part is, is uh, you know, obscuring that, um, you, you know, the user doesn't need to know what's in the background, but as long as they're getting their things done, uh, using the right tool set, yeah. And in in, in a health sector, LMS Health, uh, I, I I guess there, there's there's so many departments, and and so many different moving parts. I guess, yeah. Um, so how do you how, how do you manage the information? Like you know, how do you set up information management? Uh, how does uh, do you actually go with a site for each of your department and then get them to create their own subsites, or, or how do you manage information? Uh, 
what's the information architecture like in the in your in your space because it's a, it's a tricky part right especially when you have lot you know, when 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 you're talking about not just sharepoint sites we have lot more you know the other groups you have uh, you know microsoft teams and so on so how do you manage ia in in, in your workplace mm-hmm. Uh, well, it's tricky because we're an organization of about 2,000 people, so we're not too big, but we're also not super small. <laughs> so uh, we've got to build whatever we do for scalability because we are growing and we're adding another building. Uh, so I'm trying to keep that in mind as we go, uh, that there will always be additions, there will be subtractions of departments, uh, and then whatever we do, hopefully we can migrate that content. So we're lucky we have partners from Microsoft uh, that we use as a vendor like ShareGate. Uh, that's our number one tool for migrating content. So let's say a, a department does change its name or they get moved under a different department. It's so easy now with tools like that to just move stuff from one place to another. Um, of course, there's a lot of implications with permissions and such. So if you do that, you got to make sure everything's still how it's supposed to be, especially when you get to messy item level stuff, with, which hopefully you don't have a lot of. <laughs> um, yeah, IA, you know, right now we've got departments Before I started, I think almost every department had a site, whether they used it or not. Uh, So when I came in and we started doing governance, uh, it was important to me to say we may have 40 departments, but if they're not going to use their sites, I don't want them out there. Uh, Because I just want like a clean user experience for users. And I think, you know, if there's an empty site out there, that's more confusing. Someone stumbles into it. They said, oh, I thought it was supposed to be on their site. And really, they're thinking about a private site. uh, And it just gets, you know, too much. And it's empty wasted space Uh, so we do have private sites as well for departments so for those that are really into sharepoint they've got a a public site if you will for the whole organization where they share resources then they've got their private site where they um, work internally they just collaborate on documents share you know who's going to be out on pto or something Um, and we try to designate that space and then since I've started, we started seeing more committees come to uh, SharePoint. We're seeing people who are used to the network drives that want to have better storage and sharing capabilities. Uh, so that's always fun when they say, oh, I can't get to this from this one place, and I don't know how to share this one file. And it's like, oh, great, we have OneDrive, we have SharePoint. <laughs> Let's just bring your entire committee over here. Uh, so it's been one-off. We've just been taking one committee at a time, one department, and we've been doing training kind of on the fly, but also on a regular basis. Uh, just trying to reach people, you know, in the best way for them. And then um, as far as keeping stuff organized, we're trying to be like kind of like we mentioned earlier with being too restrictive and not being restrictive enough. Um, I don't want to make it so difficult to have your content in SharePoint that people will go away from using it. So, for example, naming conventions. If we mandated that everybody started a file name with the year, month, day, and then they adhered to this dictionary of names or something that we have, we probably wouldn't see good usage. Uh, So something I can do for a department is build an automation that's intelligent and says, oh, I recognize this as an agenda. I'm going to go ahead and rename it as this agreed upon naming convention for that department. And they're aware of that. I want to make sure that when they put it in there and we've already agreed to this automation that they know to look for it under a different name next time. Um, But if I don't tell them and I just build that and I move their committee to SharePoint and they put all their files in there, automation takes over, renames everything, they're confused. (laughs) I guess a bit much. And then also moving people from like a folder structure into a metadata structure. So how do I explain that 20 levels of folders doesn't work anymore? (laughs) 
Ah, it works for some people, though. <laughs> oh, <laughs> yeah. It's it's an ongoing it's an ongoing I won't say war, but it's an ongoing discussion <laughs> about like folder versus metadata, right? I I personally think uh, there's a space for both. Right. Um, yeah, yeah, you definitely not a nested twenty levels deep folder structure, but there is space for both uh, when it comes to security and the other stuff. Anyway, uh, right. uh, you you've touched on a really good, uh, interesting point about. Um, in this in this governance discussion, you know, like having private and public sites um, for for each department, and that's I think that's that's a good model there because you could actually say, okay, here is your private space where you could connect uh, to a Microsoft team and and work collaborate on internally within the team. Then you can also have a public site, uh, let's say for HR, and they could actually make it make the public site as a communication site. In, in Office 365. I know you're not doing that in LMH uh, at the moment, but the, I, I, eventually you could do that uh, and and connect that of uh, public site to, let's say, a YAML group, you know? Uh, so I, I think that model there really is is sound uh, from, a, from a governance structure because, um, and do, do, if, with the governance itself, uh, do you actually have uh, like a, uh, how do you how do you like do people actually request for site creation? Do, do, do they have self serve uh, enabled? Uh, we don't do self service. Um, when I started, so with my governance group, I've got about thirty people, and I'm trying to make sure that we have representation across all departments uh, because sometimes when someone requests a site, it's not as simple as just saying yes or no, and there's different. Um, there's different people playing in that field, so I'm trying to be mindful with this governance group that we do have representation so that when someone, say, does request um, a patient care-related site, so any any topic in patient care, really, they request a site to work internally with their team. Uh, but it's not always black and white in the hospital, and so there might be a department that works frequently with that specific team, and they might also want access. So it's not that we meet to say yes or no on a site. It's we're meeting, we're reviewing these requests on a monthly basis, which isn't frequently enough, really. Uh, but we meet regularly, we look at these requests, and we say, what kind of um, ramifications would this have if we did make it private, and who would be left out of that? Uh, we think about who historically in a network shared drive would have had you know, individual broken inherited or broken inheritance access uh, into those files. And then we get back to the person who requested it originally, and we just let them know, uh, this is what we discussed. Would you agree that this group needs to be a part of that as well. Is this still the correct name for that? Um, is this still the kind of functionality that you'd feel comfortable sharing, knowing that they would need access as well? Um, so it is a really gray issue, um, but we do try to go over those just to make sure they're still gonna fit into our navigation structure as well as our organization's uh, strategy. Right. Is 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 it uh, is it true if I say um, for you in your instance governance is it's not it's not something like you set and forget it's it's more about uh, you know organically developing the governance as you see fit uh, as you see the usage and then keep improving it like what's working what's not working and then cheap rather I've seen instances in the past where you actually have a set governance plan and people have to follow to that like head to that like it's the Bible so. <laughs> So do, do, I, I, that's that's a good point about like you know making making sure that yeah you have your governance controls in place don't make them quite uh, restrictive don't again on the other end don't make it quite open as well but keep it in middle um, but again uh, learn from what's working what's not working and keep improving that governance so governance is never like you know decided on day one. Mm -hmm. 
yeah, right, you, it's an evolution. Yeah, it's an evolution. That's that's a good word. Yeah. Right. Um, so just switching gears a bit, um, you, you know, we've, we spoke about like, you know, how Office 65 or, the, you know, the modern workplace tools are being used at uh, your current workplace. Um, but, you know, I wanted to talk more about like, you know, how you particularly use Office 65 or, or these modern workplace tools to get your work done. Like, you know, how, how do you use it in a day to day sense, uh, like, you know, First thing, what do you log in uh, when you <laughs> when you first start up your uh, you know uh, your machine? Not just that, you know, just give us like you know uh, your how your day looks in in Office six five. Mm-hmm. Sure. So as an administrator, I'm sure my day looks a lot different from end users uh, because a lot of my day is troubleshooting or talking over a project with someone. Um, and I love that. It's probably the best part of my job is someone has an idea because they heard from someone else that it was possible. So, for example, uh, my day might be meeting with someone who heard about Power BI for the first time. And they said, oh, I've been doing this data in Excel for three years. It's just it doesn't look nice and it's a lot of manual work. And I say, oh, well, you said the word manual. So that's a trigger word. It makes me think about SharePoint and Flow. And he said Excel and graphs, and that makes me think Power BI. So I sit down, we go over some examples of other departments that they've felt comfortable sharing with the organization. And we try to figure out what their data may look like once we transform it into an Office 365 setting. Uh, so I love those kind of conversations. But then after that meeting, I would then you know do the actual work. So the end user might get a link from me later in the day where they get you know a draft of that report already hosted on a report server and a you know a private folder just for them to review. Uh, and we just go back and forth with the dialogue and we'd say, what well, could be tweaked? So my time at my desk is spent taking those suggestions and making things a little better, introducing bookmarks or filters to make the user experience more intuitive. Uh, because in the end, I'm not the one using this report and I have to take all the feedback they give me to make it something truly usable for them and then send it back. And hopefully at the end of the day, they've got some kind of product that they can share with their team and they can be proud of you know, in their monthly huddles and such. And that's just a Power BI example. Uh, But another part of my day might be working with a SharePoint site. So I do get those site requests. We go over them monthly in governance. Those that are approved and ready to go, I build them out. And then I get to share that link again with people who requested it. Uh, Sometimes it's as simple as that. And they just take off running. And they've had experience with SharePoint. And sometimes they've had none. And so that can be intimidating. So that's where my training comes in or my conversations. I do a lot of GIFs, so if someone doesn't understand a simple process, like how do I add a document, I want to illustrate it rather than you know step by step it in text. So yeah. I'll record my screen, I'll send them a GIF, and then they'll see like you know almost in real time how they can do it. Yeah, yeah, and um, you know even even producing those training resources, those GIFs, um, because Office six five change every time, every day almost. Uh, yeah, uh, it's it's really hard to you know produce training assets. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've been uh, I've, I actually work, I'm working on a product um, called uh, like a browser extension um, as part of the modern work brand, where people can actually it, 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 when they install the Chrome extension, um, it's it's uh, 
it brings up like it know it knows the context of uh, which app they're using and actually and then they can actually you know enable that uh, click on the tab it actually shows a tab on top of your sharepoint site for example it's called and it'll say a sharepoint helper if it, they go to Yammer, it'll actually show Yammer helper if they go to microsoft flow uh, screens they'll actually show microsoft flow and within that when i click on the tab it'll actually bring up a uh, search bar and where people can actually search for learning bytes and the learning bytes, you can they can see uh, how how do I create a form or how do I create a a new post in Yammer or how do I upload a document in uh, in SharePoint. And what it does is it actually goes and builds a a, a GIF or a video at the back end uh, on the fly, and it'll actually show you that information um, rather than me recording a video and uploading that video to Microsoft Stream and so on. So I understand right. where you say about GIFs and stuff like that. That's a really good That's, idea. Yeah. Um, so I, I especially like the the workflow that you just just described there about like you know uh, building a new report, a Power BI report, and and you know making the user part of the 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 build process is 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 also good, especially with uh, with the latest modern work tools. You can actually share the report even before it's ready, and you could get feedback right from then and there, and and, and collaboratively work with the end user. So right. by doing that, you're doing two things. Yeah, you're doing you're building the report. Well, like you're you're solving a business problem for the user, and you are also training them without really training them as such uh, because they are part of the process and they get to learn how, how it's built and it just you know eventually it'll make your life easier yeah. uh, so and 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 modern workplace tools they have this collaborative features and in, inbuilt to the product itself previously for you to build a uh, a sql server reporting uh, using ssrs you know it has to be done like you know independent of the user you it's it's like you uh, similarly, you know, switching gears again, uh, if you were to like, you know, do a presentation, uh, you want to build a presentation, you could actually collaborate, use co-authoring and then bring people in and, and build the presentation together. So I think I think the actual collaboration, um, um, you know, the features of, of Office 365 have come a long way and, and really helps us to not only solving the business problems, it's also solving the, the, the training needs at the same time for, for an, from an administrator, from a consultant perspective, I guess. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And uh, thinking about, you know, those trainings and what you were just mentioning with your browser extension, um, something I've been noticing, I do hour-long sessions or I'll do presentations at SharePoint Saturdays, and that's always fun, and I think there's value in that. Uh, but a lot of times what I experience in-house at work is that I'll do an hour-long presentation on SharePoint Basics. Uh, but what's really valuable and what's really retained is that in-the-moment, just-in-time kind of learning like you're talking about, where someone uses that SharePoint helper to say, how do I add a document? And then they get that, <coughs> excuse me, then they get that video that shows them how to do it. So um, I know there's tools out there like uh, Visual SP, I think, yeah. and uh, Content Panda. Uh, and I think that's a good trend in uh, learning because people, because of Google and because they've started growing up on the internet as we get into a younger workforce, you know, um, they're used to just go into Google, type in, how do I do this? And they learn right then and there, they do the task and they keep going until they run into another moment where they're like, I'm not sure how to do this, Google it and they keep going. Yeah. So it's nice that we can spend an hour saying, here's all the basics of SharePoint, but we're going to cover stuff they already know, or we're going to go way over their head. There's just going to be bits and pieces that are valuable to them, and then some that aren't. 
and then that just in time, like your browser extension allows them to tailor their own training and learn as they need it. Yeah, and, and break it down into very, very small pieces of learning bites mm -hmm. rather than having to sit like an hour or two hours going through a SharePoint training. Mm -hmm. uh, and, and people um, like, you know, yeah, you can put them through a rigorous training, but they things like we, we forget things, right? Uh, and, and also Office 65 keeps changing every day. It's, you know, okay, it's never easy for us to say, uh, you know, put your hand on your heart and say, okay, this is how it's going to be for the next two years. No. <laughs> It's things are going to change. <laughs> mm -hmm. yeah. So you, rather than clicking on the left side, you start clicking on the right side now. So, yeah. <laughs> so uh, you know, if if you're if you're breaking down into you know small learning bytes, it's easy for from an administrative perspective because you could actually easy to manage those learning bytes. And the other one is it's easy for the trainer, for, sorry, from the end user perspective to actually consume it and 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 so on. So, yeah, that's that's good. So. Thanks for sharing sharing some of the um, you know um, practices that you use to get your work done. Um, now, I actually wanted to talk more about like you know what are the some of the drawbacks of Office three six five you know uh, like you know avenues for change avenues for you know oh, that's definitely not going to work or things like that. Mm -hmm. I'd say uh, probably the number one that I've uh, had in my user group brought up is that uh, change is hard. I mean, it's hard for the end user, but it's also hard for administrators. Um, so in Office 365, you have the message center and you've got the whole admin background. And I think that's a great tool. I mean, if you can keep up with all those messages, you're always informed of what's coming, what's in development, uh, when there's critical issues. And then that kind of helps you with your own communication to end users about issues and what's coming on Monday. Um, the problem is a lot of organizations who have Office 365 may not have the scale or the capacity to have someone fully committed to keeping up with changes, updating all the documentation, the learning bytes, um, communicating with power users throughout the organization. That's almost a full-time job, just managing change, you know, that continual change in Office 365. Um, so if you don't have that kind of a team where you do have someone who can, you know, solely focus on the transformation of your digital workplace, uh, you've got to kind of borrow and steal where you can <laughs> in a way. So if you're like me and you're consulting and you're building and you're doing all this stuff, you choose how much time you're going to dedicate to that change management process. And so maybe I spend you know, five hours learning about Office 365 each week, whereas other organizations may have the opportunity to be on the cutting edge uh, because they have you know, a bigger team. Uh, so I think that's one of the challenges in organizations going to Office 365 is that any time they invest in it is super valuable because they could spend 40 hours a week putting together all these training materials and then one month later it all changes. Yeah. <laughs> so for them, the loss of the time from something like that is more drastic than an organization of 10,000 people. Yeah. And how do you see that uh, being fixed, uh, at least uh, from your perspective? I think, you know, it's really up to that smaller organization to figure it out uh, because change is going to keep happening. There's nothing we can do about that. It's a great thing that it's happening. Um, so for them, there almost needs to be like a, a guide or something for scale of organization or scale of your SharePoint administration team or Office 365 administration team that says, you know, how many people do you have? Here's maybe how you could divide your time to be you know, the most efficient. Um, because for me, even it's just hit or miss. I don't have a scheduled when I'm going to go and check on these things. I don't want more email updates. I don't think any of us want more email updates. Yeah. So you've got to kind of figure out how much time you're going to dedicate uh, based on your capacity. So if you're a project manager or you have a project manager, this is probably really natural to them. 
if you're not a project manager and you're not really familiar with allocating resources and you know really strong with time management, Office 365 is going to stress you out. So I think it's worth investing time in learning how to better manage your time at a smaller organization. Um, and if you're bigger, chances are you've got project management. You've got people who are helping you out there. Yeah, yeah, that's that's. Uh, I can relate to that as well. Uh, one of my pet peeves with Office 65 is is uh, the message center, like you said, and and even uh, and also the roadmap as well. Um, firstly, the roadmap doesn't actually have everything in on on it. So uh, I see roadmap more as a marketing play, more than more so than a actual communication channel for the consultants and ad administrators as such. Um, but with the message center, um, you, you know, yeah, you get notifications about the new tools, uh, new new changes that are coming and things like that. But what I see mostly with my clients is, you know, it's it's like sitting in, in a car with, with a lot of kids and, and going uh, on a long road trip, right? And you get this question about like, are we there yet? Are we there yet? You know, yeah. Uh, <laughs> so, you know, I get, I, I, I constantly get emails from my customers like saying, how, do I have communication sites enabled? You know, do I have like you know the new, uh, the modern interface, the change, the user interface change hit my my tenant? So you, you, you there's no way for you to know if a, a, a change. You know a change is coming, but you, there's no way for you to know the change has actually been enabled on your on your tenant mm -hmm. at the moment. So I, I would I would like to see that uh, somehow. Um, you know, appear in your Office 65 dashboard, uh, the admin dashboard saying, okay, these are all the new changes that have enabled, are enabled on your tenant, not not giving us a, not giving us a, uh, a timeline saying that, you know, it's in targeted release, you get them in Q1 of uh, 2019. Rather, right. you say these are these are the things that got enabled on your uh, and, and probably tie that back with the roadmap or with the message center or somewhere. So I would like to see that so that I can actually just jump into my client tenant and see what's what's new in there and then probably use that for the change management and the governance side of things as well it's not just uh, you know from an admin perspective knowing what's enabled but i cl clear picture of what's what's there what's deprecating out of my um, what's going away when it's if it's actually going away then i need to know is it no longer there not just ha have a a message in my message center saying that okay in june things you know will go away but mm -hmm. when when in june you know <laughs> something like that so uh, i've reached out to microsoft support on that um we we, we had a, a back and forth um communication uh with quite a number of people uh at microsoft and apparently there's no way for you to know um if 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 something has been enabled uh, as as if if the change has hit your tenant or not because they don't track it at the tenancy level mm -hmm. So, but I would like to see that uh, come in in the future for uh, in Office three six five in the message center area. I think that'd be great. Yeah, yeah, uh, you 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 would definitely see that working from your perspective, ever, right? Yeah. Yep. <laughs> yeah. So I think Microsoft uh, should, uh, if Microsoft is listening to the podcast, eventually they'll uh, should should uh, you know roll that roll that feature out. <laughs> yeah it's not just empowering uh end users please empower consultants and yeah. and administrators as well yeah, <laughs> yeah no, i was sitting at a sharepoint fest chicago uh earlier this month and i was in one of susan hanley's presentations and she always does a great job and she was talking about some of the new features with hub sites and communication sites and i think that's you know super exciting stuff and she mentioned this one feature just dropped into tenants and it's great 
was like, okay. And so I went into mine and I was the first release person and I was just my developer tenant and there it was. I had no idea it was there and she presented it and to me it was for the first time. And I was like, oh, I've got it already. <laughs> so mm, mm. Uh, not knowing that you have the ability to do things yet, you know, holds you back from being more yeah. productive in a way. But yeah. some things don't really matter so much. But especially, like you said, deprecation, you know, if something's going away and, you know, it's you know going to be in June, that doesn't really give you a lot of time uh, to plan. Um, so sometimes you might get a year's notice. Sometimes you get more. Uh, but if you don't have a lot or maybe you have a massive amount of InfoPath forms <laughs> and getting rid of all those InfoPath forms over the span of 10 years is a bit of a chore, depending on your, you know, the number of forms and what kind of business processes are impacted and whether or not Power Apps can fully replace it. Um, I believe it can. I think it's a matter of time to rebuild everything and then to reorient people. Um, but yeah, that deprecation, if you don't have an exact date, you can't really inspire you know, motivation yeah. and some people to start Absolutely. turning yeah. processes over. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think they've done uh, something like, you know, they've put a, dead, a recent deprecation is the, what is that, the TLS version of the uh, IP. Um, so uh, they've, they've put their hard deadline. They've changed the deadline a couple of times, but they did actually put a deadline in there, <laughs> there for that. Anyway, uh, so uh, is, is it okay if we just uh, went past our schedule time? Uh, for sure. Yeah, yeah. So I'll I'll start uh, winding down now um, the the actual discussion itself. So before we start summarizing what what I've learned today, uh, can you give us a productivity tip for my users? Mm -hmm. Sure. Um, I'd say don't be afraid to try something new. So you've got this app launcher and it's got so many great tools there. Um, and if you're not using one, maybe it won't be useful to your business processes, but more than likely it could be. And just knowing what's out there, knowing what's available to you will save you a lot of time trying to find something through a shadow IT method. Um, and it also helps you have better conversations about productivity with your team. So for example, if I were to just click on stream one day and I have nothing to do with video in my job, uh, but I learn a little bit about stream and I learned that it can do uh, voice to text and it makes a transcript for you and it's super cool. And then I can search that transcript and find words spoken in a video. That's amazing. I'm not going to use it, but now that I know that because I went to learn something new in my app launcher, when I'm in a meeting with other directors or people who have questions about getting something done, I can say, hey, I saw we have access to stream. Maybe we could explore using that. Uh, so get to know your toolbox basically is my biggest tip for productivity. Um, because if it's not going to help you, it's going to help someone else and uh, just empowering yourself, you know, making sure that you know what flow can do is really going to save you time in the long run. It's worth five minutes of learning to save you yeah. 40 hours of time. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And as, as an administrator or a consultant, you know, you really need to poke around to learn. Um, not uh, you don't find the, the learning resources available for each and everything. So especially like some something like Office 65, which is which is evolving every day. It's really in a the user needs to be in a initiative and 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 start poking around and and in uh, using flow build something out learn you know if something doesn't work then go on the community and under, you know ask people and, and watch some videos keep i think that's that's a good practice that's a good tip there thanks for that um so let let's let's wrap it up and um, you know here's a few things that i've actually learned from from discussing uh, with you Nate today is it's you know modern work is all about empowering users 
you know, getting them to do the work they need to do in in the right way, in a, in a faster way, uh, with the with the right set of tools, uh, is 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 what modern work is, which is really um, what we what we what how modern work is defined. And the other thing also is you know have some governance uh, um, yeah, processes in place, but don't make it too restrictive or don't make it too open. Find the right balance. And 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 it's an it's an evolution, so it's not set in stone. On uh, in governance, you you learn from what's working and what's not, and keep improving the governance practices. So it's an, more an organic thing as well. So I think, um, and from an IA perspective, is make sure that uh, you're you're planning for for scalability. You know, use tools like uh, ShareGate or the other tools that are out there to actually. Um, you know, chop and change, moving things around as as the business grows. It's not like again set in stone, as well. I think that's I should call. I should, I should probably name this uh, show as "Don't Set It." Don't set nothing is set in stone. <laughs> right. So, so th these are the three things that I've learned today. Uh, thanks, thanks, thanks for that. I've really enjoyed uh, discussing with you, Nate. And is there any 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 words that you wanted to share with with my users before we close this out? Uh, no, nope. I think this is a really great podcast. I've had a lot of fun, and I'm looking forward to tuning in in the future and seeing what kind of value you can bring to the community with it. Thanks, Nate. There you have it, guys. I've enjoyed and learned a lot from listening to how Nate uses, manages, and builds amazing business solutions using Office 365 and SharePoint on-premises as a modern work toolset. Hope you've learned something new today as well. If you did, please subscribe to the podcast and, and leave your comment. I release new episodes every Sunday. So if you subscribe to the podcast using the podcast app on your phone, uh, you, get to, you get to listen to the latest episode when it's available every Sunday. This is my third episode in the Stories of Modern World podcast, and I have more discussions lined up for you in the next few weeks. And if you want to join me on the show as a guest, like Nate did, you can connect, me, connect with me on LinkedIn and let me know that you are interested to come on the show. Nate, thanks once again, man, for coming on the podcast and sharing your knowledge and experiences with us. It's a great help for the community. That's it for this episode, and I'll be back with another one next week. In the meantime, follow me on LinkedIn to check out my daily videos on Office 365. And also, remember to check out my website, modernwork.cloud. Bye for now, and I'll see you next week. Thank you.